We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Pacer fans, welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace here on PacersTalk.net. Now, I know we had mentioned on Twitter that we'd be doing a segment where we would be talking about the Mount Rushmore of Pacer Killers, and there have been some great responses to this post that we had, and we're going to get to that, but unfortunately, it might not be for a couple weeks. There have been some scheduling conflicts with myself and the two other guys, Tyler and Mike Focci, so we do apologize for that, but that segment is coming very soon on an episode in the future, but on today's episode, Mike Focci sat down with former Pacers point guard C.J. Watson. They talk for about 20 minutes, and they go in deep on what C.J. is doing now, his time with the Pacers, playing in the Big Three. Just a really good conversation, so I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and I'll get out of the way, and we'll talk to you all next week. Let's go Pacers. Ladies and gentlemen of Setting the Pace, I want to welcome 10-year NBA veteran and former Indiana Pacer, C.J. Watson. C.J., how are you today? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So I've, I've been on C.J.'s case for quite some time about coming on the show when he's a man of his word. So, C.J., appreciate that very much. And uh, I was just watching you out in Brooklyn. You know, C.J. is part of the, the killer threes, the big three. And uh, with just a few weeks left in the season, they're in the running for the first seed in the playoffs. Can you tell us what's your one in the big three been like for you? Uh, it's been fun, man, just to get back out there and play, uh, be around the guys. And uh, still, like I said, go out, there, go out there and play and have fun, just uh, compete and uh, just do something that you love to do. For sure. I mean, how do you see this league progressing? I mean, this is uh, year three of the league I've personally seen the level of competition and gameplay step up big time since year one. Where do you see this league uh, continuing to progress? Uh, I think it's going to get younger and younger, uh, you know, as it goes uh, as it goes on. Uh, obviously, guys are still competitive at uh, at an old age. And uh, for, you know, guys around 30, 28, whatever, who really aren't young, 
aren't, aren't old but still uh, competitive and still want to play basketball. Uh, they may want, may not want to go overseas. So uh, I think it's a good thing for us, uh, for the league, and uh, it's just going to keep getting better. For sure. I mean, I saw guys like Jermaine O'Neal, Baron Davis, Lamar Odom. They were recently deactivated for various reasons, mostly probably you know injuries or not being able to continuously play. And we saw some guys that I wasn't too familiar with, like C.J. Leslie coming there, and guys like Andre Emmett have been great. So. I do think that they will continue to get younger and kind of just showcase a lot of skill out there. So who's kind of been like the team to beat this year or kind of the toughest competition? Uh, I think the team to beat is always the champions. Uh, so uh, power is always going to be the team to beat until someone else wins the championship. But uh, I think the triplets are really good with Joe Johnson playing the way he's playing and their whole team. Uh, I think our, our team is pretty good. We're up there uh, in the runnings for to, to make some noise and to maybe win it all if we, you know, continue to play well and win some games. But I think every team is in the big three is uh, is pretty tough. There's no walkovers because the game is physical. It's competitive. Uh, you can hand check. You can do a lot of other things you can't do in a real game. So and the rest lets you get away with kind of like murder. So <laughs> uh, it's different. It's a different different atmosphere. For sure. I saw Steven Jackson. He, I mean, he's been very active on Instagram talking about how He's not going to take any crap from anyone, so it backs up your statement. Yeah, uh, yeah now, Jack, is, Jack is just a man of his word. He just stands by. He wears his, uh, his heart in his sleeve, which is good. Yeah, for sure, and that's got to be pretty cool because he was your teammate in Golden State. So what's that been like kind of playing together, you know, uh, 12 years later? Uh, it's been fun. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, he's the same person. Uh, I think I'm the same person. We've grown with age and, uh, you know, getting older and a little wiser, but uh he might have got slower i got a little slower too <laughs> so it just, it just comes with the age and the territory but it's fun to play with him again for sure now yeah i gotta admit i got a lot of respect for you because you know you went from going undrafted after a great career at tennessee to then carving out a 10-year career in the nba i mean tell the listeners what is the grind like when you have to play overseas then you have to go through the d league before finally making it with the golden state warriors uh, just playing with the chip on your shoulder. Uh, I always believed that I was an NBA player, uh, and uh, all the scouts and, and uh, people told me I was an NBA player, but it just wasn't my time. I think it's all about timing and you know working hard and never giving up. And that, that was my story, uh, just working hard, never giving up, and just staying, uh, staying and believing in myself, having confidence in myself. Do you think that was one of those things that was kind of like a blessing in disguise? Like it, it taught you to work that much harder that when you did get your chance, you were ready? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it definitely taught me to work harder and not take anything for granted. Cause once I got uh, into the NBA and got called up, I said I would never go back, you know, to the D League or whatever. And I uh, just kept working hard and kept trying to improve my game every year to stay in the NBA and to make a good living for myself and for my family. For sure. I mean, what's the mentality like on a 10-day contract? Because you're talking about tiptoeing the line of trying to be a great team player but also trying to get yours. I mean, you got, what, three to four games and X amount of minutes to prove yourself? Yeah, there's definitely uh, a lot of nervousness going on, but you also got to go out there and play. Uh, like I said, just let the chips fall where they may uh, and just work hard. And uh, hopefully, you know, you make a good impression. You play well. Uh, your teammates like you. The coaches like you. And uh, they want to see you for an extra 10 days, you know, and hopefully longer than that. So just uh, take it one day at a time. You can't really put a lot of pressure on yourself. Just go out there and play. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, Jimmer Fredette was on a 10-day contract, and he got a lot of heat for shooting a very late shot in a game where the score was out of reach. And he's trying to make it. I mean, he said, I'm on a 10-day contract. I'm trying to get shots up. So are you on his side there of, hey, you got to do what you got to do? Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. You know, you got to trust your instincts and uh, just go with uh, what you believe in, regardless if you're on a 10-day contract or not. So uh, I think uh, he's the right decision, and you just got to go with your gut feeling. Completely agree. I mean, you joined that Warriors team right after the We Believe season. You know, you're playing with veterans like Baron Davis, you know, current big three teammates Stephen Jackson, Al Harrington, Chris Webber. What were you able to take most from those veterans? Uh, just the way they prepare for the game, their professionalism, uh, getting ready for games, you know, win or lose, and then also just going in and putting the extra work in. Going in, you know, late at night shooting or after practice or before practice, staying late or coming in early, you know, just being professional at all times. But also they taught me about the business. And a lot of those guys are still my friends to this day. We hang out. Our families hang out together. So it's still uh, like a big brotherhood. That's awesome. I mean, Chris Weber is someone who I loved watching growing up. Uh, he's one of those guys that some people think he's on the cusp of being a Hall of Famer. I mean, what do you think, Hall of Famer or no for Chris Weber? Uh, I think so. You know, he has the numbers. He has uh, all the stats and stuff that uh, get you in the Hall of Fame. I think he had a great career, um, and he's also a great analysis too. So, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that probably helps a little bit too, I think. It's got to. So, I mean, you, you then go on to Chicago. You're on the Bulls teams that featured Derrick Rose in his absolute prime. Can you explain to the listeners just how unguardable he was in his prime? Because you ended up taking over after a series of injuries – most notably the, the torn ACL and the six against the Sixers in the playoffs. Yeah, D Rose is uh he was unstoppable that year. Uh, we had a great team from top to bottom, and uh, I think our team was so good because uh, our coach Tom Thibodeau uh, held everyone accountable uh, from D Rose as the MVP to the last person on the bench, and he screamed at everyone in between for not uh, you know messing up an assignment or making a bad pass or whatever. But D Rose is just unbelievable that year. Uh, I don't know, maybe he took it easy on me in practice, but I know in the game he just was unguardable. And uh, I've seen guys uh, uh, run from him and not play against him because he was so good. So I think uh, that year D-Rose was like one of the best I've ever seen from like a, uh in-person standpoint. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it was so nice to see him bounce back this year. He had such a great year, especially dropping 50 in a game, a career high after everything he's been through. That must have been pretty cool to see, right? Yeah, definitely. It was great to see him uh, showing all his emotions and seeing probably all the hard work he's putting in behind the scenes that people don't really see about and uh, all the grind, all the grind and trying to trying to get healthy and do all the things that he's done to, to get back on the course. So I'm just happy for him. Is it true when you're playing for Coach Tibbs, you better be ready to play 40? That's what they say. Yeah, at all times because he <laughs> if you make a couple shots and you play well, he'll, he'll leave you in. So you gotta definitely got to be in shape. That's just the first thing. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, following your stint with Brooklyn, you joined a Pacers team that was one game shy of an NBA Finals appearance. Can you describe what that team was like and the all-in mentality that they have compared to some of your other stops in the league? Uh, that team was fun. Uh, like I said, uh, we, like you said, we were real close to, you know, getting to the Finals. I mean, that, that one guy, LeBron James, stopped us and D-Wade, Chris Fox. So, uh it was it was tough for us to get there, but it was a great great uh, challenge for us. And that team was good from top to bottom with PG and 
David West, George Hill, Roy, and uh, just the defensive mentality that, that Coach uh, Vogel put into us. Uh, it was fun. I wish we could have got to the finals. I think we would have beat Dallas. <laughs> oh, man, that that was that, that would have been the time to do it. But, uh, you know, also in that span, I mean, you also had, like, the Spurs that you were up against. So it would have been really interesting. And that, that Pacers team is very dear to all fans over there. But how cool was it seeing Vogel get another shot in the league with the Lakers where, you know, the, the Magic situation. Did you play for him under the Magic? Yeah, I did my um, last year. That, that yeah, was, was a bit tougher. It was a different team. Yeah. yeah. A lot of younger players. Uh, a lot of younger players. And Coach Coach Vogel, uh, I mean, he did what he could. He's trying to mm-hmm. teach us a different system. Teach us a different system. And uh, it was just uh, tough for him, you know. But I'm glad he got another shot with the Lakers, and I'm sure they'll do uh, great things this year. Definitely. I'm excited to see that. And, you know, after Paul George, unfortunately, suffers the broken leg in the Summer Olympics, and the Pacers fail to make the playoffs, did you sort of see the writing on the wall that quite a few veterans might not be back with the team following the season and the run might be over? I think so. You know, uh, it can be damaging, you know, on the player and also on a, on a franchise to restart or whatever, so... I think it's hard when you have high expectations and you fall short of those expectations. So, you know, it's time to, you know, regroup and take another look at things, and that's just how it goes. That's just the business of the, the basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you actually had an opportunity to shine on that team. You played some of your best basketball. I mean, where do you think the prime C.J. Watson was? Do you think it was Indiana, or do you think it was maybe Golden State? Uh, I don't know. I had fun in all my stops. I think the best stop was, you know, I had – would have to say Golden State just because they were the ones that took a chance on me and let me, you know, play my game. Coach Nelson and his system was uh, great for me and uh, getting my first couple of years in the league. But then also Chicago was great because I learned, you know, defensive mentality and uh, playing together as a team and succeeding as a team and uh, being the West, one of the best teams in the league uh, when we played in Chicago. And then going to Brooklyn was good too. So, I mean, every stop was great. And then Indiana was just great also. So, uh, I mean – I can't really pick one spot. I just have to say, I'm just grateful, if you know, for all the 10 years. And uh, the first stop, of course, was more special because that they just took a chance on me. So it was fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember you going from undrafted to you're dropping 40 in a game over there just like two years later. So it showed that yeah. you did belong in that league. And carving out 10 years just proved that. But what was yeah, it yeah, like definitely. when they say that basketball is much more in Indiana? I mean, uh, you're living proof. What is that like? Uh, just they just breathe basketball, eat basketball, you know, uh, go to sleep watching basketball, and <laughs> waking up basketball. So uh, it's just different in Indiana. Uh, I mean, uh, it's hard to explain. You just got to experience for yourself. But the fans there are just are just great. They they show up and you know they show out every game and they just support you in good times and bad. So it's good. And yeah, we got to have you pitching free agents. But you know, recently the NBA had. A huge shakeup. This offseason was one of the wildest in recent memory. I mean, you had Kawhi, you know, going out west, KD coming to the east. I mean, a few superstars are teaming up. But being a small market team, how would you grade the Pacers offseason? They brought in Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren, a few other pieces really making this team very deep. Yeah, I think this team's going to be real deep. Uh, you know, the Eastern Conference isn't as tough as the West, but it's still tough. I think Indiana's going to be right up there, you know, the top two or three, and they could, you know, never know get the one spot. So 
Uh, I think all the additions that they made were is going to help them out a lot, and just got to wait and see, and just hopefully they gel together and see if uh, if uh, everything works out for them. Yeah, you know, there's no real like recipe for a blue or a blueprint for like the perfect style to play, but the Pacers now have arguably the best defensive backcourt in the NBA with Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo. Can a well-balanced defensive team get the job done these days, or do you need two to three stars to win a championship? Uh, I think you can have. Uh, I mean, obviously, you need the, you know at least one star to to get you over the hump, maybe two. But I think everyone does it collectively. Without any stars, you still can you know uh, get to wherever your destination is. Uh, but I also need, know you need you need defense, but you also need offense. So offense is the name of the game this uh, this era. And uh, if you can't score the ball, then you can't win. Yeah, that's the thing. The Pacers have always played great defense, but this league, I mean, they're putting up more points than ever before. So I'm almost wondering, do you have to shake that mentality, or is it still valuable to be the very best defensive team? No, I think you just hold on to what your, you know, your your gut and your your uh, your for, your blueprint. You still can be the still be the best defensive team, but. You just got to score the ball. <laughs> you got to find ways to score. You got to play fast, you know, and look for mismatches, you know, and switches, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but still, uh, be your netting great to still be your defense. But you, at the end of the day, you still got to score the ball to be the best of the best and hopefully win that championship. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's tough to, to put up like, you know, you saw like Golden State and Houston, you know, putting up at nights 120 points in their sleep. But Pacers have always been that top three defensive unit most years. And, it's helped a lot, but to win a championship, you got to add some scoring. And but just a, a little bit thinking back on your time in Indiana, what was like one or two of the best memories that might stick out? Uh, I know getting to the Eastern Conference Finals was uh, was big and was fun. Uh, obviously, it came up short, like you said, losing to the Heat. But uh, I think just being in that type of environment, uh, being around those group of guys that we had. And uh, there was no selfishness or anything on the team. Everyone wanted everyone to succeed. And we all did it together as a team. That's probably the main part, top to bottom. Okay. Little uh, little fantasy booking over here. Your Chicago Bulls team also made the Eastern Conference Finals in 2010, right? I believe it was. Yeah. Now, the Pacers also made it when you were there. Both teams eliminated by LeBron and the Heat, I believe. Yeah. Which which team would have st- stood the better chance against LeBron? Uh, I mean, well, actually, how about, how about the, yeah? So, uh, how about this? Your Bulls team against that Pacers team. Who's going to the finals? Uh, I mean, that year uh, I would have to go with the MVP because he was the MVP that year. So the Bulls. That Bulls team would, would definitely go. I think I think we played the Pacers like the first round we beat them. You did, you did. I, I remember think, Kyle Corver yeah. had some clutch shots. And they, Pacers were an eighth seed. You were the one seed. And uh, yeah. Pacers took it to six. I remember that was a hard-fought series. Yeah, it definitely was. We knew it was going to be a hard-fought series going in. And they were going to be physical with us and try to, you know, rough us up and get into us. But uh, we knew that going in and just had to prepare for it. And we did, did pretty well. So we just saw, you know, Toronto get their first championship. I mean, the, the I know it's a country, but they went absolutely berserk having won it. Having been around the fans of Indiana, how much would a championship mean to the state and the people of Indiana? Uh, I'm sure it would mean a lot. I mean, I don't have they. I don't think they ever get into the finals, maybe or maybe once. I think no. 
Uh, yeah, in 2000. Uh, Lakers. Lakers. Okay, yeah. So I think, uh, I mean, obviously, I think it'd be great for that city. I mean, it would be big for that city, and also just bring more publicity and things like that to it, and you know, maybe target more free agents uh, for the next year. But I think that if they ever did win, it'd be it'd be huge for a city, just like you know, something maybe like Toronto or something like that. Yeah. I can't wait. I'll be I'll be ready for whenever that day comes. But since we now live in the era of recruiting, who would have been, say, two guys that C.J. Watson would have loved to recruit to play with him in the NBA? Uh, someone like this from this summer or just no, 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 no. And during your time, like, who were your guys that you would have loved to have teamed up with? Maybe, you know, uh, since I came off the bench, I mean, a solid, a good, solid bench player who, you know, can come in, give you some points and play solid defense, you know, Noah's role. Uh, yeah, but, like, everyone's got their their friends. Did you have, like, any NBA friends that you would have been like, man, say, you know, I got the pole, like, these are the two guys I would have loved to have had join me? Uh, no, not really, because, I mean, I was never that type of guy. Uh, okay. I mean, I just went to, I just went to different teams because I – I saw the need for myself to be on that team, and I saw the potential that they, you know, could be great or, you know, make the playoffs or go further in the playoffs or hopefully win a championship. So uh, mm-hmm. I just I just knew my role and just stuck with it and, you know, let all the other stuff uh, take care of itself. I respect it. That's old school. You know, they weren't always recruiting. So glad to know you, you wouldn't have been, you know, out there just calling everybody up. But you wanted to win. That, that's what's most important. Right, yeah. Sure, so- yeah. Also, just as we wrap up, I was curious. You know, you're a point guard. Your number's 32 for most of your career. Was that was Magic Johnson by any chance an influence, or who did you model your game after growing up? Uh, I try to take a little bit of everyone's game and put it to my game, like Gary Payton, uh, Damon Stoudemire, Jason Kidd. Uh, but Magic was a big influence of my uh, career. Uh, he's one of my favorite players, if not the favorite. Uh, I think he's uh, the GOAT instead of Jordan. <laughs> But uh, okay, okay. He's, uh, he's always he's always been one of my favorite. Just the way he passes the ball, plays with a different flair, always uh, you know smile on his face regardless of win or lose, and uh, it's always in a good mood. Yeah, I was I was just digging deep, looking at some of your old highlights and between your numbers. I was thinking there's got to be some type of Magic Johnson influence there. So glad, glad to know I wasn't wrong. But yeah. CJ, you know. <laughs> Wrap it up now. I mean, I'm so glad that you came on the show. Really appreciate it. Is there anything that you would like to promote uh, before we sign off? Anything going on? I know that you just finished the season in Turkey, right? Yeah, Turkey. Yeah, yeah. How's how basketball in Turkey? Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Uh, played a couple months over there from like uh, February to April. So it was a good experience just to see another country, get out there and play some more basketball. Uh, do what I love to do, and uh, that's pretty much about it. Uh, now, just you know, living the life, uh, take my kids to school, take them that's to awesome. their different activities, uh, athletic activities, and school plays, and things of that nature. And then uh, also running a foundation, also with my parents uh, that we help and uh, underserved youth in the in the community. Uh, put on three or four different events every year, and uh, just uh, always good to give back and uh, see the smile on kids' faces. That's what it's all about. Glad to hear it. CJ, tell us all where we can find you on social media. Uh, my t- Instagram is quietstorm underscore thirty two. Twitter, same thing, quietstorm underscore thirty two. And uh, you know, I just post 
positive stuff, you know, just stuff that I do throughout the day or with my foundation or, you know, just stuff just to uh, inspire other people, but nothing too crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, over here at Setting the Pace, we will be supporting you as well. Thanks a lot for the time, CJ, and good luck uh, wrapping up the Big 3 season. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Alrighty, Pacer fans, that does it for another episode of Setting the Pace here on PacersTalk.net. Make sure you give us a nice rating and review on iTunes if you listen to us via Apple Podcast. If you're listening on PacersTalk.net, thank you so much. Check out the website, browse a little bit, let us know what you think. And if you're interested in writing at all for PacersTalk.net, email me at alexgoldennba at gmail.com, and I will get in touch with you. It would be really cool to have you guys interacting with us and helping us grow this website as we move forward with the Pacers season coming up. So, Thank you guys so much. We'll be back next week. Not sure what we're going to do, but we will be back next week to talk Pacers basketball. So have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Peace out, Pacer Nation. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.